It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm one of the advisors on the show and your host, along with fellow financial advisors and my business partners over at KFG, Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. If you've been listening to Wise Money for a while, you know this show is a weekly call to comprehensive financial planning in your life. Even though we talk about it every week, though, we don't always define it for you. Yeah. So today we're going to be breaking down what it is and what it isn't on today's show. That's right. As always, it's your show. If you want us to talk about something else or you have a question, uh, go to wisemoneyradio.com and submit your question right there on the right. It goes directly to me in an email and we'll address it on an upcoming show. Or you can give us a call, 574-222-2000. Leave your question that way. We'll put it on the air in the future and answer it on the show. Finally, go to uh, check us out on Facebook, at Wise Money Radio, and you can see blog posts and questions of the week, different content that we push out there, and uh, you won't want to miss joining the conversation that way as well. Okay, so to address what Josh was just talking about, we're addressing, we're answering a question from Ryan. Here's what he said. Ryan is 42. I have an old 401k from a previous job that I rolled over. We, we didn't hear that at all, Kevin. No. Nope. <laughs> Very discreet. Your, Thank you. To blow your nose. Hey, you, it's spring. So there we go. All right. Let's, let's start over. This makes for great radio, by the way. <laughs> all right. So Ryan's 42. Here's what he said. I have an old 401k from a previous job that I rolled over to a financial advisor a few years ago. It's been a while since we last met, but when we do... We always have a thorough discussion about the investments, but nothing else. Is that normal? Or should she be helping me with retirement and college and other financial issues? That's a great question. I I feel like it's the perfect question to launch today's show because it really illustrates the differences in how financial professionals serve their clients, right? Yeah. And in fact, this is actually one of the very first questions that I ask people when we sit down with them for the first time in initial consultation. I ask them, uh, tell me about your experience with other financial professionals in the past. And I, I'm always trying to just kind of gauge what's what's their experience, what's their perspective coming into a, a meeting like this. And, uh, you know, I'll often hear people say, well, we've been working with a financial advisor at XYZ Company for the past so many years. And, and then I want to know, you know, how often do they meet? What kind of topics are they discussing? What kind of advice do they receive? Because it tells me about that relationship and whether or not they've really truly been doing financial planning or if they've been maybe focusing in on just one segment of their financial life. Yeah. A financial planner, a financial advisor is different than an investment advisor, which is different than an insurance agent. And yet everybody, it seems like most uh, professionals in our industry use the catchphrase financial advisor, don't they? I mean, that's kind of a marketing term and, um, you know, just a a phrase that's thrown around and it makes it hard to know, well, what really is the difference between uh, a financial advisor and an investment advisor? Most people, I I think, are 
probably working with an investment advisor, someone who's just meeting with them periodically to review their portfolio, discuss their risk tolerance and uh, what kind of potential growth they could uh, receive. But and, and even though, you know, as those circumstances change, the investment plan needs to change. That's not necessarily financial planning. Right. 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 And it is it is somewhat confusing. I don't think our industry has done a great job of defining what what's a certified financial planner versus a financial advisor done a terrible job actually <clears throat> right so, cuz you could be a financial you could call yourself a financial advisor and you're a hammer and everything looks like a nail and your solution is life insurance well so if you've got a financial problem we're, we're going to solve that problem using life insurance well i've actually heard that from someone when i was first in college trying to get into the industry a financial advisor once said that to me and i thought that that doesn't quite sound right. But my favorite story to illustrate this, I've said this on the show before. When I first moved to the area, became a financial advisor, met my wife. Uh, we were meeting with some friends, or we were hanging out with some friends of hers, and uh, the gal said, oh, so what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a financial advisor. And she said, oh, yeah, my sister does that too. And I said, oh, yeah, well, where's she at? She's, oh, it's such and such bank. And I said, oh, and then she proceeds to say, well, a- actually, she just works in the loan department. I said, Oh, so not really a financial advisor. Well, actually, she just does the paperwork when someone wants a new loan. And it's like, well, no, that's not a financial advisor at all. And yet, because the industry, our industry has done such a bad job of explaining and defining itself, uh, it's very confusing to the public. Yeah, and I have many friends in the industry, and there were years where, as, as I would get together with these guys, and they would say, hey, you know, I can do, I can create a financial plan on the back of a napkin over a meal. And so I'd listen to that. And really what these guys did was sell investments. Mm-hmm. So I would listen and I would never really push back. And I finally got to a point where I said, you know what? If you're truly doing financial planning, you can't do it on the back of a napkin. That's right. It's way too complicated and, and too cumbersome. And so if, you, if you're working with a certified financial planner and they're doing financial planning, it's not on the back of a napkin. I've actually been at some lunches with Kevin and other professionals where he has gotten in their face and told them that before, and <laughs> it's not uncomfortable at all. Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, sure. Well, when you well when when you talk to someone, you say, "Hey, you know, you're at a a, a luncheon because we go to a lot of continuing education, and you're sitting around a table, and you say to someone, so uh, so what do you guys do?'" And they say, "Oh, well, you know, we sell annuities." And you say, "Oh, cool," and and they say, "Well, what do you do?" And we say, "Well, we do certif- we're certified financial planners, and we do financial planning." And then they almost immediately say, oh, we do too. Right. I'm like, well, so what is it? Do you guys, you guys sell annuities yeah. or do you guys do financial planning? Because you can do financial planning and find that an annuity is a tool that a client might need to use. But you can't just be an annuity sales guy and say, hey, I'm a financial planner. So yeah, it's all about what you lead with, right? Are, are you out there pushing a certain product or are you helping people walk through a process that might result in them needing certain products? if that is what makes the most sense for them. So is that how you define financial planning? How would, how would you define financial planning? I do want to get back. We're going to embed in Ryan's question another question that I received, but, but how would you define financial planning? Well, it's, it, it's not how I would define it. It's how it's been defined. It's someone who go, walks through the financial planning process. And if you've, ever, if you've walked through the financial planning process, you know what that is. If you haven't, you, you most likely don't. And that process, though, is well defined. Yeah. It, so, so it's a comprehensive review of where someone stands currently with their finances, 
but also in out into the future with their finances, really where their goals are, and um, you know how do you how do you go from analyzing where you're at today to where you want to be? That's what comprehensive financial planning is all about. When I hear the word plan, I always I typically hear roadmap. That is yeah. just going to send you, okay, you just, oh, all, all you have to do is turn right, and then you turn left, and you're there. It's a piece of cake. When, in fact, it's more like a board game where every time you roll the dice, every time you walk out your front door in real life, you're hit with another obstacle, mm-hmm. or maybe you land on the wrong space, and someone got cancer, or you lost your job, or something like that, and financial planning is looking at your entire financial picture and figuring out then, okay, well, now what do we do? Now yep. what do we do? With those goals in focus and helping you continue to do the right things as life gets thrown at you to reach those goals. Well, and so many people, you know, come into our office with a financial plan in their hands, which is, you know, this thick binder, a bunch of pages that they haven't looked at since the time that they drafted this idea. And and some of them even are referred to as a financial roadmap. That analogy has been around for as long as I've been an advisor. And you know, it maybe that does uh, paint the picture of here you are today, there's where you want to get to, here's the course on how to get there. But I, I like the analogy of a GPS system, mm-hmm. a navigation system a whole lot better because it underscores the idea that the plan is going to change. Your route may need to be adjusted as your circumstances, as the world around you change. So um, your your financial decisions also need to be adjusted. I've never understood the big binder, the big book. I mean, that, that, as a financial plan, that's just static. That's just, you know, it sits there on the shelf. Your financial plan is dynamic. It's, adju- it's adjusting all the time as you go through different life transitions. We've talked about a lot of those on the show. Or different issues come up in your financial life. Your financial plan is, is going to adapt to those. Hopefully your goals don't. Yeah, you're, you're really demonstrating, though, the generational differences. Because I do understand the binder because I the world that I grew up in, we printed everything <laughs> and we saved everything. Right, so you right. are from the digital generation yeah. that says, why would I ever have anything printed if it's going to be changing tomorrow? You're right. But I, what I, what I'm trying to, you know, emphasize folks is yeah. that thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I say it this way. A financial plan is a verb, not a noun. Ah, it's something good. you do, not something that you set on a shelf. We're going to be breaking down really uh, more of what financial planning really is and what it isn't here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. My name is Mike Bernard. I've got Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory with me in the MNC studio. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran and Keene and First Day Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. And that content is really all about financial planning, what it is, what it's not, why it's so confusing. We're helping to uh, just m- make that a little more clear today, and we're going to dive into another, uh, well, some other things to hopefully help make that clearer. If you have any questions, go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Okay, so far we've talked about, we've kind of defined what financial planning is and what it isn't, but who cares? Why is it so important? And some of you know 
that I actually was trying to run a marathon last year, 2016. I actually have a goal of doing it again in 20, 2017. But along the way, in 2016, I had a few, uh, well, hit a few roadblocks, if you will. I had a leg injury that started in the hamstring, went down to the ankle, to the hip, and all of this. And so finally, I've got that male that stubborn questionable gene. there. <laughs> I just didn't want to run. Hypochondriac, okay. maybe. Yeah. Age-related. It definitely is age-related, for sure. But so I've got this male stubborn gene in me, like most guys do, where it's like, okay, that hurts. Who cares? I'll just keep running. And I ran for about two months with this pain. But anyway, I finally at the, I just kind of came to a crescendo, and I said, all right, I'm done. I'm limping every step I take. Go to the doctor, went to see several different doctors and they were trying to figure out well is it a nerve issue is it the way you're running is it an ankle problem is it a hamstring problem and along the way i went through five different doctors and each time i had to tell them my story none of them were working together and you know what it resulted in surgery right around christmas and rehab's been going fine and and i'm off to a good start here but when it finally got to that last professional he literally used the words, hey, when I do this, I bet it's going to be pretty obvious. If all those, those professionals, medical professionals, were in a room together, working together from the very beginning, I wouldn't have been diagnosed in December with an injury I had in March. I would have been diagnosed and started treatment in April, probably. And I'm not knocking the medical professionals. They, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, but they weren't working together. They weren't all in the same room or on the same system, figuring out, okay, wait, we've got this issue, we looked at that, now what does this mean, and so on. It wasn't integrated together, and it wasn't comprehensive. That's maybe the the risk in having specialists working in your life, because sometimes they can take too narrow of a view in their area of expertise, right? And they're just trying to rule out, is it a back problem, or is it a joint problem, is it muscular, what is it? And the same thing happens in the financial world as well. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you go in uh, to someone with questions about your investments, and uh, maybe all they do is just look at it through their area of expertise, and they don't pay attention to the fact that, uh, yeah, you got some great investments, but you're bleeding from a tax standpoint here, and uh, maybe those investments need to be tweaked a little bit. That's exactly right. Or maybe they don't focus on your budget or cash flow or how much you should be saving or your estate plan. Financial planning, we define it in the first segment, is taking a comprehensive look at your entire financial life today. And that often means getting the right professionals, the various folks on that should be on your financial team, your CPA, your estate planning attorney, even a lender or banker, and your investment professional, financial advisor, getting them all talking and working together. That's what financial planning really is all about. That's why it's so important. For me, it was real-life, physical, tangible pain that I went through for many, many months when it really could have been resolved in just a few weeks and gotten on the right plan. That's awesome. Great yeah. analogy. I, I was actually in an appointment with a brand-new client uh, not that long ago, and uh, it, maybe second or third meeting, and it, he was a sales guy, and he knew he was going to be taking a phone call at some point. And when his phone rang... He answered the phone and then quickly realized, oh, this isn't the call that I thought I was I was going to make. So he says, you know, oh, Joe or whoever, uh, can I call you back? I'm in a meeting right now with my, uh, um, and he was kind of <laughs> looking for a, a title or something yeah. to give me. And he, he finally spit out my financial guy. Yeah. And at first I was like, man, I've done a terrible job of defining who I am or what I am. And uh, but But after I thought about it a little bit longer, 
I actually take it as a high compliment because he defined what role I play in his life very broadly. And it's because we take a comprehensive approach to financial planning. We don't just look at his investments. We don't just approach it from a tax standpoint or insurance or something like that. He comes in looking for advice in all things financial. And that's what a comprehensive approach is all about. Right. So when when you talk about financial planning, there are six areas of financial planning. So when you, and, and we said, hey, let's try and work these into every show. This show is about you. And what we want is we, because we live in this community, we want this community to be the most financially literate community in the world. And as far as we can tell, there's no reason why it can't be. But that's one of the reasons why we do this show, because we want people in our community talking about money. We want people in our community seeking professional advice and getting help with their finances so they can have the best result possible. So you say, well, what does that look like if I'm going to have a financial plan done if there are six areas of financial planning? And the first area of financial planning is your present financial position. So that is you're basically looking at a, a net worth statement and a cash flow statement. If you're a, a, a business, you have a profit and loss and a balance sheet. So you say, no, let's take that to the personal level and let's uh, make sure we're managing our uh, liabilities correctly. Let's make sure we know what assets we have and what the value of those are. And let's make sure that we got to be knowing where the money's going. So we got to know budget-wise where our- That's catchy there. (laughs) Yes, it's, uh, I wish I could claim it as my own, (laughs) but uh, we'll get to that later. So, um, So the second area is protection planning. So protection planning is really risk management. And if you if you were going to go up to about 50,000 feet and look down, certified financial planners are all about risk management. Mm-hmm. So protection planning is risk management. The next area is tax planning. Again, don't confuse tax planning with tax preparation. Tax planning is looking at opportunities that you can take advantage of. And as we help people with those, those are things that if you didn't do tax planning, you'd likely never, ever realize that you could have done that. And so the three words that we don't want to live by, coulda, woulda, shoulda, apply especially in your tax planning area. Then investment planning. And again, investment planning is different than investment selling. So investment planning is, is taking a comprehensive look at what kind of risk you're willing to take as it relates to uh, your investment portfolio and really how hard your investment portfolio has to work. Your, how hard your investment portfolio has to work is a function of the amount of time that you have, and it's also a function of the amount of money that you have to apply to your, to your goals. And then we look at retirement planning, and retirement planning is kind of interesting. It's when can I be done working? When am I working because I want to, not because I have to? But tucked into that area, you'd also probably look at uh, college planning, and you'd also look at employee benefits. So there's... Those are all kind of encapsulated in that area. And lastly, the the cap of any good uh, financial plan is estate planning. So when you're done with, when you leave this earth, where does the money go? And what's the most efficient way to transfer what you have to those whom you want to have it when you're done? So we're going to dive into those six areas here in just a minute and talk about what tangible, real questions are answered when you're analyzing each of those areas from a financial planning perspective. But I want to take one step back and say, once again, what is financial planning? And one distinction to make, especially going back to your your question, Ryan, about your financial advisor really just focuses on investments, is the financial planner, a financial advisor, really should be serving you with your best interests in mind. So it kind of does weed out some of those product-focused 
professionals. And um, the, the term for this is a fiduciary, which sounds a little bit like Kevin sneezing <laughs> at the beginning of the show. That wasn't a rhinoceros running through the studio. That was Kevin blowing his nose. And uh, But the word fiduciary means I'm obligated or I'm, I'm choosing to give advice that's in your best interest. And we've actually, financial advisors have been under two umbrellas. One where actually you didn't need to make recommendations that were in someone's best interest. They just needed to be suitable. We've always been at Corwin Finance Group, and really your certified financial planner should always be a fiduciary. Someone who's looking at your overall financial picture, giving you advice based on what they think is in your best interest. If they're not, maybe you should be looking for someone else or another guide. Maybe you should be reaching out to a new certified financial planner, CFP, today. So we're going to break down, again, the tangible questions. What questions does financial planning answer in your life? That here and much more coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Newstock 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike. I've got Kevin and Josh with me in the studio as always. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the Inspired team at Remax 100 for partnering with us and making the Wise Money Show possible. Appreciate that. Today we've been talking about financial planning, what it is, what it isn't. We've defined it a little bit, even even used the word fiduciary. Gosh, this is a show about financial planning. We're actually going to break it down even more and talk about what questions that you probably have in your financial life, what questions financial planning can answer for you. If you have any other questions, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com, or give us a call, 574 222 2000. All right, so we're going to go through those six areas again. The six areas of financial planning, we might do it kind of fast, so strap, put your seatbelt on. You should have that if you're driving anyway. All right, so let's start with the first area of financial planning, your present financial position. What does going through the financial planning process, what questions does that answer within your present financial position? I actually just got a good example of this this uh, past week. I had a client over in Chicago send me an email, and he uh, let me know that he and his wife are expecting their second child. And so now they're going to quickly be outgrowing the townhouse that they're living in downtown. And uh, they're hoping to move to the suburbs. And he, he emailed the question, how do I know how much we can afford? How much house can we afford? Oh, I thought you were going to say how much family, how much baby yeah. can we afford? <laughs> you, uh, you've yeah, got two. at least six more kids <laughs> oh, coming there, goodness. friend. Uh, and no, you know, how much house can you afford is a, is a pretty major decision. And I, I'm certainly glad he didn't contact his banker to find out, yeah. you know, cause they would just be looking at, well, what size loan fits in our metrics and everything. And at, at the end of the day, you know, what I was referring uh, back to him about was, um, what, what fits in the budget. It's a cash flow question, but it also has an impact on all the other goals that they're trying to achieve. You know, when is this debt going to be paid off? How will that affect their uh, ability to get ready for retirement, college, that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad that th- this is a, a great example of needing to get this answer done in the context of a financial plan, looking at all areas of your financial life, not just one. Within, 
I mean, just, I mean, there's tons of questions that this can answer, but how much should you have in your savings account? How, in what order should you pay your debt off? Um, do you need a budget? How strict does your budget need to be? All sorts of things get answered in present financial position. And there's rules of thumb out there for all of those questions too, aren't there? Right. But that doesn't always yield the best result for you. That's exactly right. So if a financial plan is a way to get past just the general rules of thumb and get down to what makes sense for you. So what about protection planning? That's the next area. What questions, and this isn't comprehensive folks, we're just throwing out a couple. What questions are answered by the financial planning process in the area of protection planning? Well, when you think of protection plan, the easiest one that most folks think of is life insurance. So the question is, how much life insurance should I have? And, you know, I talked to a guy last week, he's got a 15 year uh, term and he's 10 years into it. So he says, well, what should I do? And I say, well, is your, is your survivor benefit need the same today as it was 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. And what are you using? What's the purpose for the life insurance to fund unfunded goals? to pay off liabilities, to create cash flow. Uh, what, what, why do you have the life insurance in place in the first place? So that's, that's the one a lot of people think about. And then the question is, well, should I have term insurance? Should it be permanent? Should I buy my term insurance through my benefits at work or should I buy it right. outside of work? And so that's, that's the one that a lot, of, a lot of people think of. But when you, when, you, when you jump off of life insurance and start going, you say, well, what kind of disability should I have? Should I buy long-term care? Should I not buy long-term care? Um, what kind of health insurance should I get? Should I get the uh, plan through work? There's a, maybe a lot of times people have a couple of different choices uh, at work. And financial planning helps you know which of those are the right for you. Yeah. So. Well, and when financial planning is a true process that you're sticking to and updating on an ongoing basis, you're going to catch the fact that your financial life has changed over time. And so your insurance needs may change. I had a client come in, very low liability limits on their car and homeowner's insurance, but they had just inherited a boatload of money from some family members. And so they were suddenly exposed a whole lot more than ever before to creditors. You know, yeah. they get in a bad car accident. There's a lot of money that they could be losing and they don't have the adequate coverage to protect themselves anymore. Here's yep. one Here's one of my favorite ones what about tax planning. What, what questions does tax planning, well, what questions are answered through the financial planning process about tax planning? My favorite one is, should I deduct my retirement contributions or use a Roth? That's a good one. So many people think that's an investment decision. No, folks, the investments are the same. That's a tax question. Do you need the tax deduction today, but you're okay paying the taxes out there in the future? Or do you want to pay the taxes now and have that money grow tax-free? Dave Ramsey is very big on the Roth, the Roth, Roth, Roth. No, it's situational. Depends on your situation. Financial planning is the process where you figure out, well, which one is right for you? Yeah, and that, that really ties in, and all of these areas are interconnected, but that really ties into your present financial position. Sure. Do you have the money to pay the taxes? And then when you look at tax planning, you say, well, most folks say, I've, I'm going to save through my retirement plan at work, but then there are other things that I might want to fund, whether it's a traditional or a Roth IRA, I might want to fund an HSA, I might want to fund a 529. All of those are going to touch how much you pay or don't pay in taxes and this is where you want to say which which ones should i fund in what priority order and how does that help me when i look at my tax picture and financial planning provides that answer what about investment planning next one how does financial planning 
what questions does it answer within the investment planning area? Well, I think one question that maybe you haven't articulated out loud, but you should be thinking about is um, how much risk should you be taking with your investments? And, mm-hmm. and you could answer this question outside of the context of a financial plan by just taking a risk tolerance questionnaire. But all that's going to do is just measure, you know, what is your temperament? What's your personality say about how much risk you're willing to take? That's not necessarily answering the amount of risk that you should be taking. That has to be answered based on the need within your financial plan. What is the goal that you're accumulating dollars for? How much growth do you need to be able to uh, realize on these investments for the goal to be achievable? Mm-hmm. And so you might be naturally a very low-risk investor, but you need more growth than what a low-risk investment is really going to offer. Yeah, very few folks are able to accumulate enough money to reach their financial goals without taking some risk. And so if you are risk averse, you had better be a saver as well. Well, this is interesting because then financial planning tells you whether you should escape stocks when they get risky and flee into cash or bonds or vice versa when stocks are going well. Financial planning is the, the antidote to that yeah, because it's word. all about your, 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 your big picture. So, and speaking of big goals, what about the next one? Retirement planning. So if you're going through the financial planning process, what questions about your retirement should financial planning answer for you? Well, they, it should answer when can I be done? Yeah. It should answer how much do I need to accumulate in order to be done? It should answer the question, what will my sources of income be in retirement? Oh my goodness. Those, right there. Those are three of the biggest questions that confuse people regarding, well, am I ready to retire? You know, I've, I've had another question pop up here recently where uh, maybe a surviving spouse wants to gift some money to some kids. Mm. And, you know, the, the question is, well, can I afford it? Can I, can I afford that big vacation? Can I afford that motor home? Um, you know, these big ticket, either outlays of cash or expenditures or whatever, do they fit or are they going to mess you up down the road and you really need to know it now? Again, the, the way you answer those questions best is in the context of a financial plan. And then lastly, we're going to sneak in here. The last area of financial planning is estate planning. What estate planning questions are answered within the context of a financial plan? The one to me right off the bat is, well, do you need a trust or not? Trust is a kind of intimidating and scary word when it comes uh, regarding your estate plan because there are different kinds of trust. People don't know exactly, well, what does that mean? Why does it help you? But the financial planning process easily helps you determine, well, do you need a revocable living trust or a different trust or none at all? Well, and like we've been saying, this is all circumstantial, right? Yeah. It, it all depends on your unique situation. There's not a one-size-fits-all estate plan that's out there. Depends on do you have young children or um, that, that could inherit money from you, or do you have an adult child that's dependent on you because of a disability? Do you have property in, in multiple states? The, the point, though, is that the right estate plan depends on your overall financial life, and, um, you know, that's, that's why it's important to be going through this process before you start uh, diagnosing which documents need to be put in place. We're going to tie all that together and then answer a question from a fan of the show about getting her house ready to sell. That and more coming up here on 95.3 MNC.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name's Mike. I've got Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory in the MNC studio with me, as long, along with Casey as well, working the board. Appreciate that. Hey, if you missed anything today, go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can check out previous episodes, even submit a question or a complaint if you want to, just saying, right there on the right. That email goes right to me, or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, check us out on Facebook, at Wise Money Radio, to join the conversation. The conversation today, we're about to turn into listener questions. Got a good one from Laura here, but we I want to just put the summary on what we've been talking about so far. We answered a question from Ryan about really what are there differences in the approaches between financial advisors? And we said, yeah, there's a difference between a certified financial planner and investment manager or investment advisor and an insurance agent. And then we broke down the six areas of financial planning and the tangible questions, some of the tangible questions that financial planning can answer for you. And really, folks, as we kind of mentioned as we were going through it, they're all interrelated and they're all circumstantial. They depend on your specific situation. Financial planning is about bringing clarity to your financial life. So you should answer those questions and more by going through financial planning. It should also bring creativity to your financial life. You may not know all of the different tools and tricks and options out there available to you in any given area. Financial planning should open your eyes to those and bring those ideas to you. And lastly, financial planning should give confidence in the approach that you're taking, that you know what you need to do to be on track for your goals. You know when to say yes to something, when to say no to something. Financial planning provides all of that. That's very different than someone who just focuses on investments or insurance. Not that there's anything wrong with that or that those are bad, but financial planning is much broader, bigger picture, and and more in-depth. So... This show is about financial planning. So we're actually going to take this and launch into a new series. We get questions from folks all the time about something about taxes. We're going to address one here from Laura about um, getting her house ready to sell. Each of those questions fall under one of the six areas of financial planning. So we're starting a new series today where we're going to take questions uh, kind of that are all within present financial position or all within protection planning. And we're going to break down one area each week for the next several weeks and hopefully provide even more clarity to what financial planning really is and what it's all about. So continue to submit your questions. We're going to hit them kind of in order and uh, and stay tuned for the upcoming series. So, all right, we're going to shift gears though. Laura asked a great question and it's spring. It's time of year to start thinking about this. So she's from Granger. Here's what she said. My husband and I are starting to think about listing our house this year. But we think it needs a few upgrades in order to get the most out of it, sell it for the most amount. Do you typically suggest people put money into their home in order to sell it? Or is there a smarter, I'll say wiser, approach? What do you guys think? I think it's a great question. Uh, thanks for sending that in, Laura. Um, you know, I, I think I'd be careful in how much money you put into a house just to get it ready to sell. 
Um, you know, there's a, a good chance many projects that you could do around the house, you won't get your money back out of. You might get 50 cents on the dollar or something. Yeah. Um, the only way to really know which ones are worthy of making the investment, in my opinion, is to get a professional's opinion. Yeah. Someone who sells houses for a living. They, they walk through hundreds and hundreds of houses, maybe thousands every year. So they know how your house is going to compare against the competition, if you will, the other houses that are on the market at the same time. And uh, they'll, they'll know what is going to make your house more marketable, what will put it into a new price point, or what will just be throwing money down the drain. Quite frankly. And, and Diane Bennett, who's a sponsor of the show, she's a friend of mine. I'm not just plugging her just because of that, but I've I have personal experience where she's done that sort of work for folks. And Kevin, I know you've had some examples as well where you sit down and say, Well, I probably need to do all of these things. And the professional, the realtor looks and says, Nope, do that, do that, and that, and you're done. Yes. We lived we've lived in five different houses since we've been here and always used a realtor. And I got that advice early on, hey, use a realtor. And what I found is that I had a cert- I would have a certain result in my mind, hey, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to get from the house. You bring a realtor in and you say, hey, how, how should we do it? And they've always got a different idea. And my personal experience, it's always been better. Mm. And actually, two of the houses that we bought, we bought directly from the seller And the reason why those worked out so well for us is because the seller didn't know really what the market was. Oh, wow. So if the seller had had a better idea of what the market was, we would have ended up paying more for those houses. Mm -hmm. So, and I do, I think of one house that we were going to sell and I, I wanted to do all kinds of different things. I wanted to get, make sure the trampoline wasn't in the backyard. I wanted to paint the basement because all the nicks that the kids have put in it, and I want to do all these different things. And the realtor walked in and said, hey, you see that that border up around the kitchen that's pink? Just paint a neutral color. That's all you have to do to your house. It's hard for you to do. You loved that pink. I remember you saying that. (laughs) Tears. It made you cry. You loved that pink. Yeah, I was pretty uh, attached to it. But uh, we we went ahead and, and painted it, and it was amazing. That house we put on the market on Wednesday, and it was under contract by Saturday. And for a price that was considerably more than what we thought. But, Laura, to get back to your question, what do we recommend? I don't recommend. The only thing I recommend, it's not you should or should not put money into the house. I recommend you work with a professional. We are big believers in professional advice. If you said, well, how would would that tie into your financial plan? This is one thing I would for sure recommend. I would for sure recommend that you don't do any of those improvements using a credit card. So don't don't use credit to do something that you think might enhance the value of your house or the the saleability of your house. So make sure you're using cash that ties into your present financial position and your budget and and what and we one of the houses that we lived in and sold, the realtor came in and said, "Hey, those gold fixtures, those aren't in style anymore. You have to replace all those, all the doorknobs, all everything else." And that uh, countertop, it needs to be a hard surface, and so it needs to be different. And so it, it was about $10,000 that we needed to put into the house. This was back in 2010, and houses weren't really selling in 2010. And people would walk in and walk out if they saw anything that they didn't like, boom, they're, they're in and out. 
And so that's where I'd want to know from the realtor, hey, who's, whose market is it right now? Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? Who wins? And how ready does my house need to be to move in this price point? Well, and you needed to be ready to take that advice as well, because there are some folks who really chafe at the idea of putting money into a house that they're leaving. And, you know, I, I've heard people object. I don't want to put money into a house that is just going to benefit the buyer. But if a realtor is is advising you to make these changes, they're doing it because it's going to benefit you. Mm. And that's probably in a faster sale or a better sales price, whatever. So just just recognize that if you're going to work with a professional, you've got to be prepared to take the advice. I'm- well, it's interesting because... Uh, there was a house down the street that had been on the market for a couple of months, and we had done those improvements to our house, and our house sold before that house, and the um, the, the owners of that house were kind of frustrated, and they, they were thinking, well, um, something somehow we got passed over, and we said, look, no, our realtor told us to do these things, and we did them, and they said, well, our realtor told us to do those things. And we didn't think that that was a good idea. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so that's that. That to me, that just speaks volumes to the idea of getting, seeking professional advice, and then being coachable uh, once you've sought that advice. What about the idea of? I, I see this a lot, and this is dangerous, especially as we're talking about big financial planning and everything's got to be in balance, intertwined. About the idea of saying, well. My house requires some ongoing maintenance. I'd like that hard surface, so I'm not getting ready to sell, but should I swap out the old Formica countertop and go with a hard surface? How do you guys balance that? I I, I mean, to me, that decision has to be made in the context of your overall financial plan, but Mm -hmm. I actually encourage people to do that ongoing maintenance and keep their house fresh so there's not so much to do right at the end. Well, I think at the heart of financial planning is really life planning, right? It's about what decisions make sense for your life at this point, and then how do you deploy the resources to accomplish the vision that you have for your life? So if that means, hey, we spend a lot of time in our house and we want it to be comfortable, we want it to be a place that we can entertain guests and and be hospitable, great. Um, if, If that fits in the vision for what your life is all about, then spend that money. But just recognize that you're doing it as a lifestyle decision. It's not really an investment decision. Wise advice, Josh Gregory, wise advice. So, All right, folks, that's it for us today. Thanks for listening. On behalf of Josh, Kevin, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Portland Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.